But then again, who asked me? Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Who Asked Me podcast. My name is Zell. We have a lot to go over this week. We have a lot to go over. Okay, the Bravos verse, Bravos fear. What do we like more, the Bravo verse or Bravo sphere? That will be a that'll be a question on Instagram. But it's been going crazy. Okay, so we have a lot to cover between our recaps and just some news. First things first, and I pardon me doesn't even want to mention this woman's name because her fans are fucking nuts and they will probably find their way into my ratings and reviews and just tank my shit. Like you you say her name and they just like fucking attack you if it's anything less than she's beautiful. She's amazing. She's the best person in life, which is part of her problematicness. But as we saw, Nicki Minaj did show up to the Potomac reunion. I don't think she's hosting it. I think I read that she came out at the end. They brought her out at the end. I knew she wasn't going to host it. Like, come on now. But um, Andy posted, she posted, and I think her hairdresser posted that she was actually there. They filmed it last Thursday, I believe. So everyone's talking. Everyone has their opinions on it. Um, I shared mine over on the Who Asked Me podcast Instagram page. Um, I think it's problematic. My initial reaction was like, holy fucking shit. Like just shock factor. But once I sat down and thought about it, and I didn't even need to think that long, but like, I know that she's problematic. The latest issue is that... (laughs) one of the victim or her husband's victim um, has been very vocal, which she should be about the fact that Nikki and her husband are intimidating her in trying to get her to trying to silence her essentially. Um, You know, I've read even before this whole shebang with the Potomac reunion, I've read a few things on the matter. It's absolutely disgusting. It's upsetting. And, you know, it's a big deal and it's very confusing to me why, it's not made a bigger deal. Like this is somebody who is open about trying to discredit a sexual assault victim. Like she's in common. She's, you know, defending her husband who's convicted. He's convicted of this. Um, She's trying to downplay it. You know, um, the victim has said that she's intimidated her. They've tried to silence her with money and, you know, tickets to shows, which is baffling to me because like, you, your husband assaulted me. Why the fuck do you think I want a ticket to your show? Why do you think I want you to fly me out? Like, it's very confusing, but the internet was a buzz. It's, it's an issue. And then just today, Nikki did an interview with Jesse from Little Mix. If you don't know who Little Mix is, they are a pop group from the UK. They have some bops. You need to look them up. But Jessie is a white woman from the UK who, when you look at her, you can't tell. She blackfishes very hard. I remember when I found out she was white, my mouth dropped. It's very Rachel Dolezal. It's giving very Rachel Dolezal. It's creepy. Okay. Well, there is a black member of Little Mix named Leanne. And um, Jessie just dropped a single with Nicki Minaj with a Nicki Minaj feature on it. And they were on Instagram live today. And pretty much Nicki took up for this white woman who is blackfishing and said that Leanne, the actual black woman in the group, is just jealous of Jesse. And it's like, girl, what are you doing? 
And honestly, at this point, I don't even want to hear people say like, oh, she's creating buzz. She's about to drop stuff. Like she's about to drop an album. I don't give a fuck. Get, do another thing to get some type of press because this is all bad. And we haven't even gotten into the fucking vaccine myths of it all. If you miss that, just type in Nicki Minaj vaccine into your Google. I don't have time to get into that here because it's ridiculous. And, you know, Potomac in itself is problematic enough. So it's just, it'll be interesting. Like I said, the feedback that I've seen has been mm, not the most positive. So we will see. Also, I find it weird that we know Garcelle from Beverly Hills is on The Real. She's one of the hosts. The Real just had an interview with um, the victim of Nicki Minaj's husband. So it's just, it was very, very... I don't know what they Bravo was thinking, but I don't know, child. I have a couple friends that are like, I'm not watching if she's on there. And I completely understand and respect that because it's fucking ridiculous. <sighs> but moving on, um, another Bravo news. Megan King Edmonds, which is now Megan King Biden, she got married to the president's nephew, apparently. And at first I was like, maybe it's a different or a distant nephew. No, it's not because apparently president and first lady were there. I mean, I don't keep up with Megan King very often. Like I'm not a OC person in the first place. I know, of course I know who she is. I've seen her in person a few times um, at my job. She's nice, but I was just like, I thought she just started dating this man, but apparently they got married. Okay. She had a nice little cute suit dress on, um, with a little face covering it like a, I don't know what we call this. It's not a veil, but it's like the net. It's very like old school. I, I don't know what to call it, but anyways, yeah, they got married, very confused, but happy for them. I'm just glad she's not married to Jim anymore because that is also a man that I've come in contact with and whoo, my God, but we will not go down that way either. However, moving on, like discussed on Instagram last week, we're just going to touch on the Bachelor in Paradise finale. I did not have enough to talk about to make it a whole episode. So last week we got the finale. We got to see what couples left together, got engaged, all that fun stuff. Um, When it comes to couples leaving together, James and Aaron decided they wanted to leave the beach together, which was like, okay. Like I wasn't shocked, but I was kind of more so annoyed when it came to James. So Aaron had been flailing through the beach, like a paper bag in the fucking wind, plastic bag in the wind, whatever Katy Perry said, um, hopping from girl to girl. And his latest was he flipped the switch on Chelsea and went to Tia in the last episode at prom. So he tells Tia like, Oh, I want to go, you know, leave the beach with my bro Aaron. And like Tia was like, what the fuck? But also I knew she didn't care. I know she didn't care. Um, and then James had started having a relationship with that girl from Matt James's season that talked with her mouth wide open with her teeth forward. I cannot remember her name. Now, the reason it irritated me with James is because he spent the entire Paradise time talking about, I just want to be in a relationship. I just want to do this. And like, they were starting to form a relationship. And she did say, she was like, I feel kind of misled, um, but all right. So him and Aaron like ran off to the sun together. It was kind of cheesy. Something funny about him and Aaron. I was creeping on this guy that I know's wife um, because she did her bachelorette party the same place I want to do my bachelorette party. Um, And I was just like trying to see if there were like actual things to do or if I was just 
kidding myself. Nevertheless, when I was creeping on her, she met them. When she was where I want to go for my bachelorette party. I was like, oh, nice. Okay. A little two degrees of separation, maybe three. Because I, like I said, I know her husband. I don't know her. I have another few degrees of separation from me and Bachelor Nation in a second that I will get to. But back to these couples. Joe and Serena got engaged. Y'all know how I feel about them. I'm not shocked. Um, but like, also I'm just, again, like what the fuck? Because Serena is 23. All right. Everyone's different. I know me at 23 had no business engaged to anybody's son. Okay. But that's just me. So they're engaged. Kendall like kind of crashed it again. That was very overly produced. Um, and she also put up like a picture and a caption on Instagram earlier last week and was like, sure, I'll be your villain. And it was like, Kendall, you were crying, crying. Okay. You weren't a villain, sweets. And that's fine. Whatever. They're engaged. Kenny and Mari are also engaged. I like them. Um, also, actually, now that I say that, had a friend that saw Kenny in person. <laughs> they just told me that. They told me that they saw Kenny in person. But nevertheless, um, they got engaged. I like them and I want them to last and I hope they do. But if they break up, I won't be shocked. She also put up um, her journal entries from the entire process. And I thought it was so cute. I love a good journal entry. Like, I love it. I thought it was so precious. So I really want the best for them. And y'all already know. Y'all already know. My faves. The first Black couple. The first Black couple in Bachelor Nation, period. Riley and Marissa. They're engaged. They live in New York. They're so happy. I've been consuming all of their motherfucking content. While cheesy, I love it. I love every single fucking part of it, okay? Again, if they break up, I said this on Instagram, if they break up, oh, I won't be okay. And I'm not even gonna talk about it because they're not going to. They're not going to. I want them to have a show. Y'all are probably like, Giselle, please calm down. I will not. I love them. Plus my good sis put her mouth on his toe on national television. He not leaving her. I won't let him. All right. Um, besides that, Abigail and Noah worked it out. And at first I was like, mm, really? Like, how are we going to keep doing this? But then they started uploading their content on the Instagram. Y'all, they're fucking cute. Like, they're so fucking cute. I'm like, why didn't we see this on the beach? I didn't see it on the beach. I know there's a lot of other shit going on. But, like, I was like, this is cute as hell. I think I shared one of their, um, like, little love videos on Instagram. And I said, okay, this is cute as shit. I was like, wow. Okay. So they've worked it out. They've talked through it. They're past all of the drama. And I love it. She actually is this person. So I'm happy for them. Okay. Again. I will be watching Michelle's season, but I will not be um, covering it um, as far as this podcast is concerned. Like I said, if something shocking happens, and I might hop on here and talk about it and sprinkle it in the episode, but as far as full episodes, we're not doing that. Speaking of, speaking of Bachelor Nation. So as we already know, they have the next Bachelor already, and it seems like they're starting to film or they've already started filming y'all. And I've known this for a couple of weeks now. And <laughs> so a girl that I went to high school with is going to be on the show. All right. 
she's super sweet. She's very sweet. She was nothing but sweet in high school. Um, she's gorgeous. But now that they've started filming, I found out like when I think she was like a finalist or something and I was like following it. But now that they've started filming and I've seen the pictures, they are filming. There was a gossip website or gossip Instagram page that posted her, the girl I went to high school with on the beach with the new bachelor. Don't know his name. Never heard of that man. Sorry to that man. When I say I got in the comments and people from my hometown, where where I went to high school, it's not really my hometown, but you know what I mean. They were in those comments just hating, hating for fun. I was like, this is fucking embarrassing. Somebody's mom, like somebody my age, mom was in the comments like my daughter went to school with her. And they, granted, they didn't say anything like bad necessarily or rude because again there's really nothing to say she was honestly one of the most like genuinely sweet girls but they were just like interested to see how this plays out I went to high school with her I did this I know her I was like y'all need to chill because you sounding real salty okay I was like my word please please get it together but I'm not surprised. I am not surprised. All right. I know, I know where I went to high school. All right. Oh, nevertheless, that is going to wrap up this intro. Let's go ahead and get into these recaps because we have a lot to talk about when it comes to these shows. So we're going to start off with Vanderpump Rules this week in which we got to see Barack, Tom, and Tom do a spin class. And the thing that I was most shocked about from this scene is how fucking thick and I mean thick Brock is like when I say thick I mean like he's a solid human being like he is a fucking mountain of a man he's just solid like even in his confessional I was looking at him and I was like he is just huge he's like mega man I don't see how an individual can be just so jacked like so big and honestly not only is he that jacked, so far he's dropping knowledge and reasonability. I don't even know if reasonability is a word, but I'm going to use it here. On Tom and Tom. Okay. I almost said Schwartz and Sandys. Because to be honest, guys, I noticed during this scene, the more we say Schwartz and Sandys, it sounds like a bar. And maybe it's the Midwest in me, but just name the fucking bar. Whatever you guys name it, people are going to go. All right. Tom Sandoval gets really upset and he's explaining why Katie essentially hurt his feelings. And listen, if there's one thing Tom Sandoval is going to do is get emotional. All right. Especially over Tom Schwartz. And it's, I mean, especially over his name. He, he loves himself. Like, let's be honest. Okay. But I do get it. All right. I need to see a business contract because if Katie is not on said contract, then she shouldn't be saying the things that she's saying. However, we found out that she's saying those things because Tom Schwartz, her husband, is using her as his fucking voice box. Tom Schwartz is the person who said he was uninspired by Schwartz and Sandys. And he used Katie to say it. I want my good sis Katie Maloney to divorce that man. Okay, because he absolutely does not deserve her 
I mean, it's just so like, what the fuck? I think Lisa asked him at one point in this episode, like, why the fuck are you such a pussy? I don't think she said it like that, but still, that was my question. You know, Brock tells him like, listen, Sandoval, whether you like her ideas or not, or what she's saying, you still have to respect her as your partner's wife. And I, I agree with that. Okay. But Katie needs to draw a line. Okay. I need to see a business contract because it's just not, it's things are getting messy. All right. So then we get to see Ariana and Lisa meet for lunch and have a conversation. And to be honest, I'm very confused because they're both crying when they see each other. I don't, I don't know if they haven't seen each other in a while, but they both got like pretty emotional. You know, it was cute, I guess. Okay. Um, but then Ariana lets us know that it actually was supposed to be a family affair. So she was going to be involved in the bar as well as Katie and they all four were going to go in on it. However, Ariana, my logic queen was like, I don't think this is a good idea. She's smart. However, she then said something that wasn't so smart and I don't know who put her up to it because I think somebody put her up to it. She's smarter than this, but she said that Tom refinanced his part of their mortgage loan and her equity and her loan would not be affected if he defaults. And it's like Ariana, like Lisa said, they're not going to take half the house suites. Don't repeat this again. I know you're smarter than this. And I know, I know that you know that that sounds ridiculous. Okay. So then they get to talking about Lala and Ariana says it, she says it best. She says, I don't know who she is sometimes. And that's real life because they were real friends. Okay. Ariana doesn't know who she is because Lala jumped ship because she just wanted to be friends with the witches of WeHo. All right. Let's call a spade a spade. But I, I know what she means. You know, like she said last episode, I let the girl eat my cooter. Um, we, I stood up for her all the time and then she just flips the switch on me. And that's what she did. Cause like I said, last week, I remember when Lala did that podcast, I was like, what is she talking about? You don't give a fuck about Ariana and she doesn't give a fuck about you. Like, that's not true. Oh, it was a mess, but she is committed. Okay. To GVO, even though she's not on Potomac, Ariana is committed to GVO because when Lisa says, aren't you going out of town with her? She's like, things are going to be fine regardless. Good vibes only. We also learn that James is proposing to Raquel in Palm Springs. I mean, we already knew that because we have Instagram and we saw that he proposed to her. He is recreating Coachella since Coachella hasn't happened in two years. And he says the rave tent at Coachella is the most romantic place on earth. And listen, I'm sure that is so true when you're a hit of acid and a few bumps deep. I bet it really is the most romantic place on earth. I bet you are feeling the love. Okay. He also tells us that he spoke to her father. and <laughs> He was like, you know, if you pretty much, if you fuck this up, I'm going to kill you. And if James Kennedy came to me and said he wanted to propose to my child, that's all I would have to say back to him as well. All right. I mean, we see you on TV, bro. That man, you know, he is my problematic fave. However, still problematic. We get to catch up with Lala and Rand and listen, <laughs> the way Lala is repeating this story 
to Randall of what took place at Ariana and Tom's for Sheena's birthday is literally not what happened. Okay. What are you talking about? You're acting like Ariana and Charlie just started yelling at you out of nowhere. And that's not it. You were talking to Raquel and you said, I won't yell at you next time I need to rage out on somebody. I'll direct it towards Charlie. And like, let's dissect that a little bit really quick. You're saying next time I need to rage out on somebody, I'm going to just pick another victim. Like people need to accept that. Why don't you go to therapy and figure out why you need to rage out? Like what? That's called a bully, Lala. And to be honest, if you were in my house, I would have kicked your ass out. Okay. Because you're not going to have a rage moment in my home. Speaking as if I'm Ariana. All right. Now, Ariana, she could yell all she wanted to because she was in her home. I just, th this woman is something fucking else to me. We also see that apparently Randall stole a swimsuit. Like, Randall, what are you doing, babes? And also, let's actually, let's backtrack a little bit. Lala buying a swimsuit from Target when she's like, I'm Miss Rich Bitch now. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love a Target swimsuit, okay? But I just find it funny that I'm Miss Rich Bitch director's wife is buying swimsuits in Target when she just wants to remind us all the time that she has a PJ and she, a Range Rover and all these things. I just, I just find it a little funny, okay? But none of us are too good for Target because I love Target. I bet that Target that they go to is nice too. I bet it's real nice. I would like to see it. I would like to see it, all right? So huh, we get to go see Lisa entertain both Toms at her residence. And I'm all I took away from this scene is that I've been looking for a top just like Tom Sandoval has on. So I really hope he tags it soon. All right. And this is where Lisa does ask a million dollar question to Swartz when he reveals to Tom Sandoval's face finally that he is the one that said he was uninspired by the name. Lisa says, why are you such a pussy? Because why are you? What's going on? All right. I even tweeted that I find it crazy that Tom Schwartz dumped a drink on Katie's head in the middle of the street on national TV and she still married him. I want my good sis released from the Schwartz shackles. All right. Oh, so the whole gang heads to Palm Springs. And Katie, Katie reminded me why she is so relatably funny. So they're all staying in this house, except for the people with children. And they're picking rooms. And Katie's like, we're going to get a bad room. We're going to get a bad room. Tom lets us know that she's very high maintenance when traveling. And we hear her just go, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to complain. And it's like, let us not forget that this is the same woman that had a little fucking conniption fit when Tom randomly got chosen to move up to first class on a flight to Mexico and she did it. First of all, still very positive the producers did that. However, however, she flipped out on him. Do y'all remember that? It was probably like two seasons back, I want to say. And I think it was, was it Brittany and Tom that got chosen to go move up to first class and they went and she was like, I can't remember if she was like, you should have given it to me or you just shouldn't have gone, but she flipped the fuck out. Okay. And it was funny. They get a twin size bedroom. 
It might have been a full, but it was very small. Two grown people should not have been sleeping in that bed. And she's like, she's literally like, I'm not happy. And you can tell. All right. So then we get to see Lala and Rand over in their house. And Lala gets the call that she is not a New York Times bestseller. And, you know, my first question is, how scared do we think this assistant was? The assistant who had to call Lala and tell her you didn't get chosen for, I think, is it chosen? I mean, they calculate the numbers, I'm assuming, but you're not a New York Times bestseller. How how scared do you think she was? She's probably like, I've seen this girl on TV. What is she going to do to me? That was probably somebody's like first day on the goddamn job too. And, you know, put my feelings for Lala aside. She still wrote a book. I don't have a book. I read the spark notes of what she wrote in that book. It's got a hardback and, you know, pub published. So it's an, it's an accomplishment. All right. That's all I got. Okay. Randall also got her a cake. And then I think that's an accomplishment enough. Okay. But speaking of Lala, she's still like, oh, what am I going to do about these bitches? And it's like, Lala, nothing. Okay. Because Charlie is not here with the shits. Charlie told us in her confessional that she grew up in Barstow. I don't know where that is. I looked it up. It's someplace in California, but I have no clue. Like if that's like, uh, you know, a rougher neighborhood or what, where it even is. But she said, I know gangsters and Lala is not one of them. And girl, thank you. Okay. Dead ass. I feel like Lala's asshole would clinch even spending a night in downtown St. Louis where I live. Like she would be like, where the fuck am I at? You're not a gangster. Stop yelling at people. Just because you yell at people doesn't make you a gangster, all right? They're all finally together. And again, Ariana is so much better than me because when she walks in and she walks past Lala, she says, oh my God, hey, look at you. Because I would have been like, hey girl, bye. She like compliments her and says she looks good. Lala does look good. Okay, she does look good. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be a hater. That's a very gorgeous woman, all right? But Lala's, you can tell that Lala is freaking out because she's sitting there talking to Katie and she's like, we have no resolution. Katie's like, neither one of them is wrong. I'm like, yes, actually Lala is wrong. Lala's very wrong. But whatever, Katie, you have, you miss the witches of WeHo too, let's be honest. But Lala says, Charlie was steady bobbing with Ariana. And I had to take pause and rewind it. Because I was confused. I was like, steady bobbin. And then it dawned on me. She fucking means steady mobbin. Like, you're so fucking gangster, Lala. You got the term wrong. What are you talking about? So when they sit down for dinner, honestly, guys, this is when I realize. This is when I realize that I think Jax sent Lala and Randall with notes. Because Randall starts really channeling his inner Jax Taylor in this scene when he's like grilling Tom Schwartz about the business deal that apparently he wanted to invest in like the bar. And it's just like Randall takes turns channeling um, Jax and then Lala starts channeling him as well. I'm like, God, you guys, Lala, did you forget how stupid Jax tried to make you look on national TV? I'm just confused here. All right. 
I'm just really confused. Lala continues to have pretend amnesia because when she went off on Raquel and Billy, she said, my dad died. All right. She then acts like everybody gave James some sort of slack when he told his Mac story. And there's a difference. Lala, when you went off on Raquel and Billy, you doubled down on your behavior. The question was, are you going to uh, go back to performing at Sir to James? He said, no, I fucked up and I got into it with Max and I said some things that were not okay. Immediately, no one had to tell him, well, Lisa did, but in that moment, no one had to tell him like, James, you took it too far. He has grown. Lala, you haven't. You're still yelling at people for no reason, okay? She just keeps using excuses. And she's getting so mad. Like, I'm just so confused. Everyone at this table, when my own friends didn't have my back when I went off on people and you got, no, girl, please, please be quiet, okay? Lala thought she was just about to pick on the new girl. And you can see it in her face when that conversation starts to turn and she turns her aggression towards Charlie. And she Charlie tells her, no, Miss Ma'am, you are not about to do this. There is a moment that I meant to screen grab. And she's like, mm. and then she turns to Katie and she says, she sounds like me. She's giving them Nala. Lala, you aren't even your own persona. All you do is appropriate black culture and shit you've seen on TV. You're from Utah. Utah. Like, make it make sense, okay? Charlie then goes in to explain that she's had trauma surrounding food and she covered it up last season by joking, which absolutely breaks my heart. I I mean, I'm if somebody understands joking your way through trauma, it is me because it, it's just something that I do. It's a defense mechanism, okay? She tells Lala that she made fun of her and Lala tries to go, everyone here did. No, girl, no one that's here right now did. The witches of fucking WeHo did, and they're not on this show anymore, all right? So you cannot use that as an excuse. There are multiple times when you can tell that Lala wants to bring up Stassi and Kristen, but she can't. Nobody at that table made fun of Charlie for what she said last year. Lala was on Inst or not Instagram, um, Twitter, calling her a fucking moron. Like, it's just like, my goodness, you don't know how to apologize whatsoever. One thing I've noticed about Lala is when she gets called out for her actions that are fucked up, she tries to say, this group needs to stop assuming people know because that's what she responds to Charlie with is like, why is this group assume that everyone knows about? No, girl, you didn't try. You didn't ask the question. The fault is not on Charlie or anybody else for assuming somebody knows. You just shouldn't be saying the fucking things that you're saying. Same thing when Ariana checked her when she was acting crazy, okay, and yelling at Billy and calling Raquel a Bambi-eyed bitch. And she was like, my dad died. Of course, I'm going to be yelling at people. And Ariana told her, yeah, my dad died too while I was on this show. And actually, I was getting actively bullied when I was dealing with that grief. At that reunion, Lala says, this group needs to stop. No, girl, you are just as much a part of all of that, all right? please. So then when Charlie tells her, like, I'm drawing a boundary, don't talk about me on the internet and, you know, talk about me and my issues with food. And also don't call me a bitch. I don't like that word. She's like, well, bitch just flies out my mouth. Let me tell y'all something. My mom hates that word. She doesn't think it's cute. She doesn't think it's a term of endearment. 
so I mean obviously I would never call my mom bitch regardless even if she was did like that word but like I'm I don't say the word around her and I do cuss around my mom I'm not gonna say mom I love the word bitch okay I'm just gonna say it no it's a boundary I don't want you to call me a bitch I don't take it as endearing so please don't do it if I told you that I took the word cunt as a fucking endearing word, uh, Lala, I'm sure you would have something to say about it. Like, God, that girl is something fucking else. I took those polls at the beginning, like two weeks ago before the season premiered. And I said, who do y'all think is going to have the roughest season? I think I made the Well, I made the answer something because you just have to on Instagram. The amount of y'all that said Lala, like she had the most votes. Everyone voted Lala was about to have the roughest season. I said, well, I don't really think so. I see it now. I absolutely see what everyone was talking about. And I agree because it's not shaping up good for her. Oof. So next week we actually get to see said proposal. Um, I also found it interesting because I remember Lala, or not Lala, Ariana tweeting about why they spent so much time on the fashion show this episode, because apparently her and Lala sat down and had a whole conversation this night. I mean, we'll see what comes next week if they spend more time on this evening, but who knows? All right. Now we're going to hop on over to Potomac because there's a lot to discuss too over there. So in Potomac, we get the aftermath of the salad toss. And Wendy says, not my good wig. Not my good wig. And it made me laugh before we started getting into this episode that I am going to slice and screw and break the pieces all the way down because, listen, no one's right. No one is right here. All right. So let's start off with this. Candace has trauma from last year. And I looked it up. She's a Sagittarius. So when they think they have a point, it's the only point they care about getting across. They aren't great listeners, all right? And they're my little fire sign sister. So I can say that. I got a few Sagittarius friends that we've been in arguments and I'm like, are you done? And if you ask them if they're done, they'll be like, actually, no, because just like Candace. And it's like, all right, yeah, sure. Let's be clear though. Candace threw a singular piece of lettuce with her nails and she didn't even overhand it she just like tossed it like one might toss her keys onto the desk i'm not saying that's right but that's what she did mia mia palmed the whole salad like jordan was palming basketballs in 93 93 or 94. Y'all know what reference, okay? The two are not the same. But I can't say that I wouldn't have done it. Um, speaking of what Mia did, did. I'm either one of two people here. I'm either Wendy screaming in the middle trying to keep the peace. Or I am Mia throwing lettuce. Because I'm self-aware. All right? Now, it's going to take more than somebody throwing two little pieces, lettuce, pieces of lettuce my way. Two palm of salad and throw it across the room at somebody. But... You know what? We're not going to go there. Somewhere during the argument, Candace says, did you look that up too? Did you look that up too? And I laugh because 
Mia came in an obvious fan of the show and we've been seeing it a lot. Okay. All season. She's been self-producing when uh, argument doesn't go her way. She just starts saying things that don't even make sense. All right. Karen comes in and asks the important question at the party, the reasonably a shady party. When the first your mama comment happened, did you know her mother's story? Candace says, no, I did it. I'm tired. I'm tired, y'all. Okay. Your mama is a fucking comeback. Stop it. Mia is milking it. Not all the way to the bank, but she milking it all the way to Twitter and Instagram. And some of y'all are falling for it. Some woman was like, I was in a Instagram comment discourse, which I know better. But some woman was like, they both should know better than to be saying your mama. Okay, well, I hope you don't watch Married to Medicine. Because if somebody would like to put out a PSA that your mama is no longer allowed to be said as a comeback, please do so. I just, ooh. Now, somebody I think needs to get an award is Chris Dillard. I really do. Give him an award. All right. These ladies start calling Candace ruthless. And I'm just like, bro, come on. I'm, I'm not taking away from Mia's story because it is one that is tragic and also triumphant. But what I am absolutely not down with and not going to accept is her saying that if my mother relapses because of that bitch, that bitch being Candace, she better catch me outside. Pause, pause. No one in the room said anything either. And I'm very confused because Mia, you put your mother on national TV. You told us your business. Candace did not. And she also didn't know, all right? God forbid her mother does relapse. That's not on Candace Dillard. What are we doing here? Mia, we have watched Mia have two conversations with her mom where she just was downright, mm, mm. Those, those weren't good. Then last week, she even told us, oh yeah, my mama was in jail, which we didn't know that before. And she almost like tried to make a cute little moment out of it by saying, when the producers asked her, um, what do you mind if we asked what we were in what she was in jail for? And she said, Oh, I don't know if I could say all that now. Stop. Just fucking stop. If your mom shouldn't be on TV, which I understand, I would not put my mom on TV and she has not been any through anywhere near what Mia's mom has been through. Then you shouldn't have put her on TV. Also, you shouldn't have been telling her, Oh, why do you take care of my sister's kids, but not mine? Why do you do this for my sister? Those things can be just as triggering for her as well. More than some little girl that she doesn't know calling her low budget that she knows don't know her. Like, please, please, all right? And in the corner, Michael Darby's wife is just soaking it all in because her hate for Candace consumes anything that she would be able to be logical about. It really does, okay? Neither one of them is wrong, okay? But Mia now wants to say when I was a business owner, everything was low budget. Okay, girl, but that's not how you presented the information in the beginning. What? 
you said that video, I wanted to show up to something that wasn't low budget. And you said that as a dig. So stand and live in your dig. All right. And what you got back was another dig was your mama's low budget. All right. I just, and all of that, all of that could have been so simply put to rest. Candace may have come in there rat-tat-tatting, all right? But, well, actually, I don't even think Candace really did come in there rat-tat-tatting, but gee, it was a whole domino effect of things. But if Mia would have just said, hey, listen, I know we had an incident last time we talked. Let me tell you this. Everything I did when I was first starting out was low budget too. So I understand. That's where I'm coming from when I say that. I'm not trying to dig at you. And I'm sorry if I used the wrong words. You see how fucking easy that was? And I didn't even think I thought about it in the 20 seconds. Okay. Now, I love, I love my reasonable Escala. Okay. Because Escala asked me, like, do you think because of the things you've been through, that's why you bring up, you know, how many businesses you own and how successful you are now? And Mia's ass says, no, I bring them up because I worked hard for them. Say yes. That, that means yes. She's so dead set on not letting anybody quote unquote speak for her or try and have a good read on her that we end up being able to read her just fine. And I don't even mean like, oh, I read her ass. I just mean like having a read on people. Mia isn't as like, I don't want to say deep because she is deep, but like, she's not as hard to figure out as one would think as as she would like to think. Okay. Hmm. So then we get this scene. (laughs) We get this scene in the hallway between G, Mia, Karen, and Ashley. And I need to point something out. When they're all in that hallway and G's tongue is rolling around all in his head. And Mia's like, she said, I'm, you got me off the street corner and blah, blah, blah. He's obviously still fucking wasted. He goes, hold on, hold on. I met you in a strip club. No, no. I, no, I never saw you in the corner. I saw you as a waitress and then as an entertainer. Like he's drunk, but then he's also like, oh, wait a minute. I still need to get this story right because I'm too drunk right now to stay on task. It's like, let me remember my spark notes. I met her at a strip club, but she was entertaining and her conversation was so good. So I had to have her. And he's like looking at me and like, right, right. I mean, I just... mm. He says that, oh, I paid $10,000 for, or I paid money for just her time, for her time. And then we could have left it there. But then Mia has to say $10,000 for two hours. Girl, you you mean to tell me the words coming out of your mouth is worth $10,000 for two hours? I wonder how much the words coming out of my mouth is worth. I want to know. But then Ashley's ass want to say, that's a lot of money to pay for someone's time. Ashley, how much money did Michael pay for your time? Girl, please, please. My God, shut up. All right. 
And yet again, somebody give Chris Dillard an award because he literally is in the kitchen cleaning up Candace's mess, cleaning up the salad. And Ashley walks in and he says, congratulations, Ashley, you look great. Yeah, I know. I know we don't always get along. I haven't seen you since a while, but motherhood looks good on you. Congratulations on the baby. Ashley could have literally just said thank you. And that's fine. But she has said, your, your wife called me wide and I didn't appreciate it. Yeah, she loses a lot of adjectives. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was hilarious. <laughs> we all know Candace uses a lot of adjectives, all right? But I'm sitting here in your face now trying to tell you congratulations. I hope everything is well. I am so, so, so very annoyed duh, by this portrait that Ashley decided to bring because listen, 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 before y'all get on me, all right? There's a reason Michael Darby isn't here. One, two, you trying to tell me that the photographer didn't send you every single last photograph on a file on your phone. Really? You took a picture off a wall from home just to bring it down. You know what? I was about to say something crazy about Michael Darby, but I'm going I'm to leave it there. All right. I don't need y'all. Mm-mm. So we start getting ready for dinner. Uh, Karen lets us know that she doesn't know what tossing a salad means. And uh, quite honestly, I didn't know what it meant either because I thought it meant just having sex. I didn't know it meant eating ass. I wonder if tossing the salad means something different depending on the region, because I have never heard it in the terms of ass eating, but clearly they have. So we're getting ready for dinner. Giselle and Robin have shown up, even though they swore they weren't going to. Robin's like, I'm on my period. I don't even care to be here. It's like, girl, just tell us that production made you come. All right. Giselle is complaining about the room that they're in. And it's like, girl, you said you weren't coming. However, since you did decide to come, there are enough beds for you to sleep in. It is very common for a house to have less bathrooms than rooms. Shut the fuck up. Mia's getting ready for dinner. And I have to point this out. She is, again, she's such a fan. In the words of Candace, did you look that up too? Because she's getting ready and she's like, this is supposed to be a good time for all of us educated and black people to get together. And we can't even do that. We already had that talk last year. Okay. Stop bringing up old topics because you don't know what to talk about. All right. Giselle. And Robin start talking to Candace about the altercation. And Giselle says, talking to and talking about someone's mother is different. Yes, you're right. It is different. However, it depends on what you're saying to my mother when you talk about or talk to her. Okay. Like, what are we not understanding here? Mia crossed a line talking to Dottie. Dottie crossed a line too, but I'm not about to show up with the same smoke that I show up to appear like I show up to my mom with. One, two, Candace hadn't seen the uh, footage yet. And since she has, she has said that actually her and Dorothy got into an argument and they didn't speak for a while once she saw it. And Dorothy lied to her face. I'm not about to go investigate my mama, okay? And that, and that I feel really bad for Candace because it's like, I shouldn't have to. 
If I ask you, did this person say this to you? You you shouldn't say, oh, I don't remember. You should just be like, oh, girl, yes, she did. And I shut that shit down. All right. <sighs> so then they're start, still trying to be like, oh, Candace, you can't say that. You can't say that. Let's talk about the things y'all can't say, green eyed bandits. Oh, y'all don't want to? Shocker. Okay. Candace says, had I known about her mother's story, I wouldn't have said this. And I can appreciate that now where I have to be like, Candace, even after they made you aware, you actually kept saying, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. <laughs> she was already upset. Okay. But that's where she was like, cause she's just not going to let it go. All right. Wendy comes up to the room to greet her guests like a great host should. And I know Giselle isn't asking about a bathroom. I know she's not asking about the bathroom. Just again, I must reiterate, you texted me and you said you weren't coming. Also, I didn't hurt your foot. I didn't step on your toe. It's not my fault you're clumsy. Then Giselle says, once again, Wendy has failed. No, she didn't. Candace got a house that didn't even fit everybody. They had to drive five minutes in a car to another house. That's just in the same neighborhood and not even next door. Why do y'all keep moving the goalpost, okay? For everybody, but especially Wendy. You mad because you got to hobble downstairs to use the bathroom. Really? I'm just like, Giselle, you don't even have, do you even have a bathroom in your house? You just said Wendy was going to have to use a bathroom outside. I don't want to hear it. I, I would have brought that up if I were Wendy. Okay. So they go sit down and have dinner and who, first things first, let me be honest. I don't think the, those were really those men's wives across the restaurant from them because even though it's COVID why it maybe all y'all couldn't sit at the same table but I, I don't know why because we have the whole cast of 12 13 15 people on this one table but y'all were sitting across the restaurant from each other and then you send the Potomac ladies shots I think those ladies just wanted to be on tv I think they wanted to have their moment in the words of Erica Jane. And we let them have it, okay? So messy ass Ashley starts doing what messy ass Ashley does best. And hmm, you know what? She didn't even need to address Chris at all at this dinner. Because her husband is the literal fucking problem. Chris saying that. Michael has a history of disrespecting women on this platform and he's just not going to let him disrespect his wife is so beyond fair and very much fucking true. Michael has disrespected not only women on this platform, everybody, some men on this platform as well. We have the footage of it. Roll the tapes. That's not Chris being disrespectful. What the fuck are you talking about? In every flashback, which I know uh, Ashley can't see in the moment when she's just trying to spout off at the mouth and be right, pick an argument. Every flashback is literally Chris reacting to something that Michael has said. Ashley is a gaslighter, all right? And she fails at every argument, especially when it comes to defending her predatorial husband. An overseer 
is not a slave driver, okay? Like, maybe that's what somebody else called y'all on Twitter, but an overseer in a slave driver, Ashley? Come on now. And you know Bravo finna pull, pull out the receipts. I saw everybody being like, why did they only zoom in on that? I paused it, okay? And I read the entire tweet. It was very Candace-like. I mean, there's no, but there's still no slave driver reference in there, okay? And Michael did call uh, Chris white trash. I just, <laughs> and to start that argument, you know, Chris was saying, I know the women, you know, will disagree, but the husbands, we're all on the same page. We're going to support our women. However, we are going to keep the peace. And he says, Ashley, I would like to get to a point with Michael that that can happen and we can be on the same page of even though y'all don't get along, we can keep the peace with one another. And Ashley is just like, well, y'all all there. You're y'all are there, but he doesn't appreciate the things that you've said or your wife has said about me okay and chris doesn't appreciate the things that you've said about his wife either what he girl 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 like ashley is really i've just come to the conclusion that ashley is just mad because a shorter messier poster came in and took her shine all right because as much as she wants to say the common denominator here is candace you have been the common denominator multiple times too, Miss Darby. Don't do that. Don't do that, okay? Ashley saying that she didn't play a part in last year. Girl, no one else wrote letters on anyone's behalf. They just said, let the footage take, do what it needs to do. Don't. And then for fucking Giselle and Robin to be like, she had nothing to do with last year. The initial argument last year, she had nothing to do with Ashley was in the bathroom, which is another reason she should have never been writing a fucking letter to the court because you were in the bathroom when the fucking fight happened. I just, I'm, I'm not getting what they're not getting. All right. But I do wish that Candace would stay a little calmer because Ashley pushes those buttons and then she's just like, mm, see there. And I say that because I'm a person that can get real rat-tat-tat-tat quickly. But as well and as fast as I like to get rat-tat-tat, I like my point across. Okay? And I know my mom used to tell me all the time when I was a kid, when I used to pop off and get pissed off, she would be like, Giselle, what you're saying is not wrong, but no one is going to listen to you because you have all of this excitement and dramatic surrounding it. And that's something I've taken into my adult life. So I get mad on the inside. Y'all do not want to hear what I'm saying to y'all on the inside, okay? But on the outside, I'm going to get my point across and I'm going to make you look stupid. But Candace just can't help it. Poor thing. Okay? Chris tries to calm her down because they start acting a damn fool in this restaurant full of white people. They really do. And the white people are looking at them. All right. And then Chris gets up from the table. And I, I feel him like I, I would probably do the same thing because at one point Chris or Candace starts like, I don't want to say fighting because like she's not hitting him, but like she starts like pulling back. She's like, no, no, I don't need to sit down. And I was like, oh, Candy girl, please. Candy girl, please. I'm going to be honest. They all were drunk except for Karen, probably. They all were, and Karen and Giselle and Robin, they all were fucking drunk. But, mm, 
Well, Candace, or Chris gets up and I don't understand why we're telling my good bro, Chris, to sit down. No, I'm going to leave because I have to de-escalate the situation in the best way possible. All right. And since Candace won't get up and come with me, I'm starting. I think they do feed off of each other's energy. So I think he might've been feeling himself get worked up. And he was like, nope, I'm going to separate myself and go take a break. Okay. And I feel that. Okay. I would do the same thing. And but Ashley, don't tell me anything. Don't tell me to sit down when you sat here, you got my wife worked up. And then you said some sideways shit to me about your crusty husband. All right. And yes, I said crusty with a capital C. Cause we all know I can't stand that man. All right. I want to know why they act like everybody's pay gets docked if a person leaves. So, because I've been noticing that lately though, somebody will try and get up and remove themselves from a situation. They'll be like, no, 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 stay, 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 stay. Nah, boo, if you want to go, then go ahead and go. Like I would have let me go. Bye. Since you wasting a fucking salad. All right. Dre, Escala's husband goes out and asks Chris like, hey, you good, bro? Like blah, blah, blah. And then he says, so, uh, this this happen all the time is this common and chris is like all the time man and i feel like he's about to be like escala you sure you want to do this because i mm, this ain't us right here baby all right so we come back to the table and y'all when they came back to the table and i saw their entrees were just now coming out i was like are you fucking serious They've been there for a long time. As a restaurant manager, I might have had to ask them to leave. I, w- I would have thought about it, okay? <sighs> because for the rest of the argument also, Mia just should have just sat there. The same, M- Mia and Ashley are both, and I feel where Candace was getting the most upset about this. She had just got into it with Mia earlier in the day and everybody came at her talking about, do you know her mother's story? Like blah, blah, blah. No, I don't. Y'all didn't tell me. All right. And then when, and Ashley jumps in that one. And then when I'm sitting here getting into it with Ashley unprovoked, Mia jumps into it. Mia, take some time off. We just had our argument. I... Oh my gosh. So at the end of this episode, I find it really ironic, really ironic that Robin says, we've seen this over and over and over again with Candace. It's like looking for trouble, looking for trouble. Did you say, but I thought it wasn't, that wasn't true last year. I thought it didn't matter what Candace said. Okay. Listen, I'm not saying, oh, we need to bring Monique back, justice for Monique, anything. But what I am saying is the Green Eyed Bandits obviously wanted Monique off the show so damn bad. So the aftermath, what took place after that fight last year, they that's why they rode so hard saying, oh, I don't feel comfortable around her. I don't feel comfortable around her. Candace did nothing wrong. Candace did nothing wrong. Now they're slowly starting to flip the script and be like, this is Candace's behavior there's a common denominator. She's always someone in the fight. No, no. I just simply won't have it because y'all are trying to play the producer game. I can feel that from Giselle and Robin. They're trying to play the producer game and say like who needs to say and who needs to go. And I'll, I don't like that. All right. But I did laugh when Karen said, if a finger goes across my face one more time, I'm biting it. All right. 
I just ultimately feel like the light-skinned women in this group think that they are the judge, jury, and ex executioner, excuse me, and they are not, okay? They just absolutely are not. I, this is one of those episodes where I was like, stop talking, but keep going. Because yet again, I was entertained, entertained, but I, some of them arguments, I was just like, somebody tag me in, please, please tag me in. Huh. So we will head over to Beverly Hills, where it's not going to be a more, or it's not going to be so much of a full episode recap as more as a season recap since we, that was the season finale last week. So. So Crystal has a Chinese New Year party um, and it's supposed to be, you know, the last big cast event where they all sit down. And honestly, again, I don't have much from the Beverly Hills episode, which is why we're just going to mainly talk about the season in a whole. Um, Erica has flipped the switch again on Sutton saying that she has nothing to talk to her about and she doesn't want to be your friend, even though the episode before that we saw her say, oh, it's going to take some time to Sutton's face. But then in the confessionals, she's like, no, I don't want to be her friend. It's giving liar, but I know you hate that terms, whatever. <sighs> so overall about this season, I think I would give it a 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. I think that this season on Beverly Hills, there were a lot of conversations that needed to be had. Um, when it came to some of these relationships with these ladies, and this is outside of Erica, I'm not even talking about the Erica Girardi drama. I think that it is a turning point for Beverly Hills. Um, I'm not sure what's going to happen next year with casting. I took some polls on Instagram on who y'all would like to see back, who you wouldn't like to see back. Just to let y'all know some of the results, the top three were Dorit, Rena and Erica, you guys wanted to see gone. Um, the only person that I am like, I don't want to see her anymore is Rena. Dorit almost like if she's there next year, she better clean it the fuck up. But I do think it's time for Rena to go. Do I think she's going to go? No. All right. But yes, I do think that this season showed us a few things that these ladies are going to have to tackle head on. And one of them is Kyle, how she's the sniper from the side, how she is messy as hell. And she is a producer, essentially. And I already know that when asked about it, she's going to be like, I just ultimately like to keep the peace and blah, blah, blah. But that keeping the peace and being fake behind somebody's back is com two completely different things. And that's what Kyle really showed this year. I saw the little clip of her being like, I can't control what comes out of their mouths. Kyle, you had some shit come out of your mouth too. That was out of pocket. So don't do that, miss ma'am. Dorit hasn't given us an actual storyline since Lucy Lucy Apple Juicy. Like she, she just been getting in everybody else's business. All right. She needs to watch how she's talking to Garcelle though. I promise you that. All right. I would love to see Sutton stay. I would love to see Crystal stay. You know, when I did the polls, shockingly, shockingly, not a lot. The majority of the vote was that Crystal should stay, but there were more votes for like I can do without her. But I think she's got some more in 
in her for us. You know, a lot of this season was overshadowed by Erica, which, duh, I mean, absolutely. But I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm going to tell you a little secret. Towards the end, I don't really give a fuck. I didn't give a really, really give a fuck about Erica's shit anymore because it came true that she was just going to lie. Like, she's just going to keep telling these crazy ass stories. She's just going to keep giving us every reason in the book why she is not, doesn't have anything to do with it. And then we were just going to get on the internet and prove everything that she said on that episode to be wrong. And it was just like, okay, what is this even anymore? Like, I enjoyed the beginning of the season. I mean, I enjoyed the whole season, but really the beginning of the, with the arguments between Sutton and Crystal, I think that was a very important argument to have and start with. Um, and I ultimately, even though Crystal faded off into the background towards the end of the season, I think she had a great first season as a housewife. She did not do too much. She did not do too little. She inserted herself, you know, a good amount. Now, I know her and Garcelle and Sutton did an LA Times article, and she has since said, you know, watching it back, hindsight is 2020. There are some things that I wish I would have spoken out about more, namely how Erica snapped at Sutton on um, the dinner party from hell part two. And she said that, you know, we still weren't in a great place. So that's why I should, she said, but I do recognize that I still should have. And I also like that her and Sutton have come to this conclusion and rebuilding of their relationship that they're self, they're both self-aware. You know, she says, yeah, I sat there and watched her get eaten alive by Erica Jane. And I probably should have said something, but I was real pissed. And I'm sorry for that. These are grown women, okay? And I just find it interesting. There was no Renna, Kyle, Erica there. However, Renna and Erica found themselves replying to the LA Times article on Instagram. And Erica just flat out said, lies. You can be implicated. Girl, You did. if you didn't read the article, just say that. We know y'all don't like to read long articles over there in Beverly Hills. Okay. And then Rena was like, Oh, it's like your own, um, fab force five, only three. And we know that was supposed to be a dig. And it's like, girl, didn't know what, shut up. You're just jealous because you are now on the wrong side of history. You've been on the wrong side of history, but now you have solidified your place on the wrong side of Beverly Hills history. And it's nobody's fault, but your own. Okay, you brought your friends of 20 years on the show and treated them like absolute dog shit, Renna. And left them confused like, who is this lady? We do not know her. All right. The way she gets upset when Garcelle's like, I think you should reach out to Denise. You know, I think you should reach out to her. Denise Richards and my relationship is my business. Okay you know what? I'm going to screen grab that and I'm going to use it against you, Lisa Renna. Okay. I'm going to use it against you. Don't you worry, sweetheart. Y'all saw my last uh, meme I put on Instagram. Because if there's one thing Lisa Renna's words are going to do, it's going to come back and bite her in that ass. It happens all the time. (sighs) But we see, you know, I don't think that Kyle's ever going to go. I think the majority of the vote was for her to stay. And you know what? I don't care. I do kind of want to see Andy, as he said, I'm going to put you on a grill and 
turn up the heat to Erica. I kind of want to see him do that to Kyle too. She has some things she needs to answer to. And then the other question I asked was, do we want to see Kathy back full time or do we want to see her a friend of? The majority voted friend of, and I actually agree with that. One, I don't think Kathy will come full time because that would mean she has to reveal more of her life. Um, she would have to talk about, you know, like Paris, Nikki. I think they have another kid, a son. Um, Rick would have to be involved. I think Kathy is perfect as a friend of. Because also... I think that if it got into full-time housewife, we would start seeing arguments like we saw when Kim and Kyle were on the show together. Um, also saw something that said we need to bring Kim back with Kyle and Kathy. And I'm going to tell you the truth. I can't remember if I said this last week or not. I don't think Kim Richards needs to ever be back full-time on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or any other show. Um, it is very obvious that she struggles with mental health and substance abuse. And I ultimately think that it's not a safe space for her. I thought that when she was on the show full time and especially towards the end, it was really sad to watch. And if you're going to ask me about, you know, someone's mental health versus them entertaining me on TV, I'm going to say they need to protect their mental health. Because that should always come first. So I don't think Kim Richards should ever be back in a full-time cast member capacity. <sighs> but yes, we are going to get the reunion next week. Again, it's four parts. I'm, I'm ready. My body is ready. I'm not ready to see Dorit scream at Garcelle, but I feel like it will be handled. Overall, this is the best season of Beverly Hills that we've had in a long time. And I really appreciate it. It's a, it's a reset. And the only other thing I'm going to touch on, and obviously it's going to be about Erica. I don't have a final verdict of if she knew or if she didn't know, if she didn't know, if she didn't know, <laughs> can I speak? Um, I don't have a final verdict. I've said this before. I don't think that Tom was coming home saying, this is how many people we scammed today, honey. I think that she knew in the words of Heather from Salt Lake that his business might've been a little unsavory. And I think she didn't care because she was benefiting from it. So whatever Tom did, that was Tom's business and she didn't have anything to do with it. As long as she got to be Erica Jane, the pretty mess beyond Broadway, it was like, I don't care where it's coming from. I think she needs to stop telling stories. She needs to take a step back. She needs to eat a piece of humble pie and this ice queen persona, it needs to come down if she comes back next season because it's just not we're too far gone off of that. Okay. You need to have respect for people no matter who the fuck you are. Like she really has like a JLo attitude and she's a D-list reality star. I don't know if she will, cause I know that she apparent allegedly, allegedly, um, is trying to keep the victims from suing her from taking her assets, not to keep them from suing her, but taking her assets. I don't know if we'll ever see a resolution to this entire mess that Tom Girardi created, because that's not lost upon me. 
I don't think Erica was a criminal mastermind. Um, I don't know if we'll ever see a resolution, which is sad for the victims, but I need this woman to bring it down a few notches, actually more than a few notches. All right. As far as if I want to see her back next year, um, I'm going to tell y'all a secret. I kind of, I kind of want to see a redemption season. Not like I want to see her back on top. I just want to see how she acts coming back into the group next season after this explosive finale or reunion rather. I just want to see how that is. If she has learned anything, if she's changed her ways, I just, I would like to see it. And if not, then she can go after the next one. But that's all I have for Beverly Hills. Of course, next week we're getting into the reunion and I'm so fucking excited. I cannot wait. Let's go ahead and wrap up this episode. And as you may have realized, I am completely skipping over Salt Lake City this week. Um, I have nothing, okay? I know that Jen Shaw sat down with Brooks and they spoke. And that's pretty much all I got from it. They spoke. They don't like, Brooks and the Marks don't like this woman. And she clearly don't like them. Please, somebody call me when she's about to get arrested. Because I have nothing, nothing to give to this show. I started making notes and I'm just like, what are we doing here? So I'm just going to skip over the recap this week because this is my podcast and I can do so. On that note, we're going to go ahead and end it. Like I said, I am going to be doing some polls over on Instagram to see, you know, who listened to the episode. If you listen to the episode, let's get interactive. I love when you guys message me and, you know, respectfully, all right, respectfully, and we can chat about the shows that drive us crazy. So I'll be putting some polls up um, surrounding some of the things that we discussed in this episode. Per usual, don't forget to follow me over on Instagram at Who Asked Me Podcast. And you know, you know, I'm gonna need your five star rating and review for Apple Podcasts. We've been, we've been on a little bit of a, a slow roll these past few weeks. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna need us to like up it up, up it up. All right. <laughs> uh, besides that, I will talk to y'all over on Instagram, and we will have a new episode next Tuesday. Bye bye.